And away we go. It is the BCJ podcast presented by the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com. Make sure when you're down at the banks, you stop by and see our good friends at the Holy Grail. Maybe there for a little Bengals tailgate or a night on the town. Downtown, they will get you taken care of. Cold drinks, great food, and a great atmosphere. Support the people that support us and the Bearcats by visiting the Holy Grail. Get yourself a Cincy Light. They will donate 50 cents from every purchase directly back to our good friends at Cincy Reigns. Hi, David. Hello. Episode 401, does it feel any different? Do we feel older? Well, I am a day older. I am a day older. Um, You are a day older. Actual day older. A year older and a day older. older. Uh, Happy birthday. Well, thank you. Thank you. I know. I don't feel any different. (laughs) No. Mine's mine's in six days. So (laughs) I I might feel older. Yeah. 45 hasn't been great. No. <laughs> let's let's get to 46, flip the page and see how that goes. Mm-hmm. But uh happy birthday, sir. Thank you, thank you. I forgot to send you a text. I meant oh, to, but... it's, it's quite all right. We probably won't speak again because of it, but it's okay. <laughs> uh I don't think I like I don't think I follow you. Like do you have Facebook? Yeah, but I don't really use it. I know, but if I, I guess we're probably not even. I don't use it either. Yeah. So I guess we're not friends on Facebook, where I would have gotten. I guess not. I the the easy way I always remember is Mo is last week. Yeah. The third, you're the tenth, and I'm the seventeenth. We're literally like a mm-hmm. a little party, a little parade. Right. But yeah, what what'd you do for your birthday? Anything exciting? uh no not, not really no dinner no uh Ra- rachel and i are gonna go out uh friday night uh nice but uh no, no nothing really i mean we did some nice things around the house this weekend and, and that was fun but uh i don't want to i we don't need to hear about the fun things you did around the house this week. Oh, it's just just watch <laughs> just watch football <laughs> i thought you meant to celebrate your birthday no um <laughs> Oh boy. All right. Well, uh it's, it, we're we're crawling to the end of a of a bye week content wise, Dave. It's uh Yeah. It gets it gets challenging. Yes, yeah, so we even had an extra day we had to Yeah, because of the Friday game. A whole extra day. Yeah. Uh so, you know, we've got we, there's there's plenty to talk about. Uh, and we'll we'll get to previewing Iowa State uh, here shortly. Talk about the NCAA and their uh, brutal takedown of the Kansas basketball program. Oh man, I did I did see a little bit of that today. I mean, do they did they give them the SMU death penalty or what? Yeah, they. Well, it was the it was actually the exact opposite. <laughs> the exact opposite. They they took. What five like level three or like highest no, level five, violations? Five, five level one turned into yeah. one level three. Yeah, that's what it was. I mean, that's <laughs> if you ain't cheating. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's I... what it says. But 
there is um but they did have to vacate their 2018 national championship game teams oh my gosh i mean what are we gonna do and now kentucky is the all-time leader in wins and oh good for them all over silvio de souza congratulations Good, good good for them i mean Nothing makes more sense than just vacating things that everybody knows happened. Right. Um, the the AD still had my my favorite part though. Uh, in their their presser today, he said there is a culture of compliance that is ingrained in our entire department and certainly our men's basketball program. I, I'm clearly you, sir, are, are a liar. So, I mean. <laughs> Well, if now, they it's, didn't, now it's all compliant. Yeah, now it's if they didn't have a culture of compliance, they would have had many more violations. But clearly, they uh, <laughs> everything is above board because they only got one yeah, minor one infraction, level, one level three, one small slap on the wrist. So, and uh, next year, Wichita State is going to be given the death penalty. Just yeah, you know. <laughs> oh boy. But uh, anything you want to talk about before we get to Iowa State? You want to maybe um, we're about halfway through. Maybe maybe take a look at the conference and where everything is at. Uh, I think from the conference standpoint, you know, I think. Well, real we, quick, real quick, yes. we'll, we'll oh, do sorry. this segment. We'll do this segment brought to you by our friends at Home Field. It's the Can't Miss Kickoff campaign. They're here to make sure you are ready for the 2023 football season in style. New customers can get 15% off their first order with promo code BCJ23. Uh, each and every day from now until... Uh, oh, that one's old. <laughs> uh, let me pull up the other end. This is very professional. Yes, good job. Thank you. Thank you. They send like new stuff constantly. So (laughs) you got to bounce back and forth. Um, Homefield's a premium collegiate apparel brand based in Indianapolis. They emphasize their commitment to creating incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. They have a growing collection of over 150 colleges to choose from, including the Cincinnati Bearcats. So like I said, get to homefieldapparel.com. Get yourself, stock up on the Cincinnati collection. And if you're a first-time buyer, enter BCJ23. That will save you 15% off of your order. All right, Big 12. I have too a many, bit, have a too many bit of a shake-up, obviously. Too many notebooks. I have too many notebooks because I wrote something down and worthwhile the other day and put it on the board and on the Twitter, and now I can't find which notebook I wrote it down in. So that's a problem. But I wish you luck. I kind of remember it. uh, I kind of remember the point I was making. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was just talking about the Big 12. Oklahoma now in first place, place after their Red River rivalry victory. 3-0. The team picked last in the conference, West Virginia, sitting at 2-0, 4-1 on the season overall. Uh, then Texas, Kansas, 
Iowa State sitting at two and one after a rough start to the season. They are now three and three. Like I said, we will get to them plenty in this show. Texas Tech, two and one. Your team is bouncing back, Dave. Hey, we're two and oh in the league, baby. Are they two and one two, in the two league? One. Two and oh, one. Oh, yeah. two and one. Okay. And then Oklahoma State, BYU, and Kansas State have each only played two games. They're each one and one. Uh, TCU and Baylor, one and two. And then Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF all winless uh, in the conference. Yay, new guys. <laughs> um, any surprises? Anything? I mean, Oklahoma jumping all the way and beating Texas and jumping all the way up to number one, I guess, is. I mean, West Virginia is the surprise. I mean, there were. Yeah. Several people were talking about, like, you know, is Neil Brown going to be the first coach fired this year in, in all of college football, let alone right. the 12? So I think, uh, I think them uh, being where they're at, granted, what they've only played two conferences. They games. played two, they beat Texas Tech uh, at Texas Tech by seven. And then they had to get home from Lubbock, uh, which is no, uh, no, it was difficult. Ho- home against Texas Tech. Or home against Texas Tech at, at, at TCU. TCU. Yeah. At TCU, yeah. And then so I'm they very, didn't have to go to Lubbock. Very intrigued for tomorrow's matchup against Houston. Yeah. Very yeah. intrigued. Uh, they would be, a, I mean, it's only two games, but they have, I mean, they didn't get blown out by Penn State. They, you know, right. beat what is now looking like a pretty dreadful pit team. And then you win two games against two teams that most people probably had at least in the top half of the conference. Yeah. Middle, like middle, upper middle, I would say it's where those two were expected to be. You know, given what the conversation was uh, them. And then, yes, I would say Oklahoma, just the fact of how much better they're playing defensively than last year. Like we always knew Dylan Gabriel, Dylan Gabriel, is, is a very good college quarterback. They have weapons. They've always had a good offensive line. They brought in some nice transfer receivers. But, like, the defense was atrocious last year. And was right. I mean, they lost They lost to Texas 49-0 last year. Yeah. And to turn around and, and be as good as they've been, especially on defense, uh, yeah, I mean, it, always thought they could be good. Always thought that they would be in the running to go to the conference championship just mainly because of the talent level that they have. And going into the season, we thought they had an easier uh, conference schedule than maybe some of the other contenders. But, you know, those two teams on the high end would definitely be, um, would, would fill your boat as far as, you know, some early surprises. Fair to be moderately disappointed in Texas after losing to Oklahoma or it's a rivalry I mean, game and what can you do? Yeah, I mean, they you lose by... They dominated the first two games. I mean, they, you know, it's not the same as you see, but like when you go into the red zone three times and you come away with three points against a team that you, that you are even with, yeah. like you're probably going to lose. And that is... With Oklahoma being maybe as dreadful as I've ever seen a really good team on special teams be in in one continuous game, it was shockingly bad. Like I mean, in in every aspect of special teams, they were bad, and it didn't cost them because 
Quinn Ewers throws a couple, you know, a couple first quarter interceptions. Um, that the first quarter of that game was uh, doing its best Chelsea Gilchrist impersonation. Yes, it was drunk. It was very drunk. First, first like five minutes. I know. It's nuts. <laughs> it was, Six, uh, five, yeah, but um, you know, I I still think there's a ton of you know. We're halfway through the year almost. We're going to be halfway through yeah. the year come Saturday for the UC, and I still think there's like a ton of ball left and a ton to be decided because these teams are so close. You know, I, I did some, you know, looked at some of the metrics that I like to look at, and I was trying to find it, and I put it on Twitter, and I don't feel like scrolling on my phone while we're on the podcast, but, like, it was something like, 11 of the top 49 in SP plus were in the big 12 and 12 of the top 50 in Sagarin and 12 of the top 46 in K, in K four, like something like that. Like there, you know, I don't think the conference is as deep and as good as maybe we had thought coming into the season, but it's still like a lot of above average football teams. And, you know, you Isn't see that what we thought. Yeah, UC has seen it every week so far, you know. The little mistakes get magnified when you're playing teams that are better than you in Oklahoma and teams that are right there even with you in, you know, BYU, uh, you know, and, you know, you have Iowa State. You have, I think, Baylor's fallen back a little bit, but, like, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Kansas, like, they're all going to be very similar from a metrical standpoint. Now, you know, where are these teams better and worse at? That's kind of like what I tried to dig into with Iowa State because they are very, very close. But is Iowa State good at the things that UC has struggled with? Or is Iowa State bad at the things that UC has been good at? You know, where are the advantages going to come out in this game? That's uh, Keegan yesterday was was worried about like the things that Iowa State is good at uh are the things UC is bad at. Well, I mean they're they're they have the best secondary that we're gonna play. Yeah. Um I don't even think that's close, but you know their their defense is still I don't know if I'll call it really good. It's not it's not the last couple years like they're also pretty young, so there there is a case that they are improving. With oh, I think they certainly are, but like they're you know. Let's not get are... too caught up on Iowa State. We're gonna get to that. right. Okay, sure. Um, but the the point being, yeah, like okay, Baylor looks like a game you should win just because their offense has been a dumpster fire, and their their defense was the gas uh, that got thrown on the dumpster fire. Like, yeah, there, there's just a lot. Feels like there's a lot going on there. Their AD had some interesting comments. I don't know if it was today or yesterday. Like, just things don't seem, you know, copacetic, if you will. No, no. Um, and look, if you want to, if you want to feel better about yourself as a UC fan, you're zero and two in conference. Um, you haven't played poorly, but you haven't played well enough to win but you're not UCF. <laughs> the yeah. the wind has quickly come out of the sails 
on the Gus Malzahn uh, expedition. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't... I'm not... I don't want... I mean, they have played, I would say, two of the better teams in the conference at Kansas State and at Kansas. And that's... I, I guess my thing was, is based on coming into the season, having a large nucleus of returners on both sides of the ball, having staff continuity, things of that nature, like, Am I surprised they're 0-3? Not necessarily. I'm more surprised that, like, that's how it's looked versus... They, they look bad. Versus UC, like, I'm not surprised they're 0-2. But what did we say going in? Like, how is it going to look when you when right. you make this step up? And maybe it'll look that way four weeks from now if a bunch of guys get hurt or you get run down or whatever. But, like, how did it look? Are we 4-8 and eight and... All the Big 12 losses are we're not even in the games. Are we four and eight and we're losing games by three points, four points, seven points? Are we six and six and everything is, you know, we're we're kicking four game winning field goal? Like to me, this year with so much change was more. Yes, of course, I want to win all the games, but like, how did it, how did it look? Because right. that will tell me more about the future. The necessary, like if we're just getting blown out and guys look totally overmatched, well, you're not going to redo the whole roster again next year and think that that's going to get better, right? So, to date, I don't have that worry. Now, I have other worries because the same things are happening, but even against Oklahoma, like, yes, there were times that they were dominant, but they just beat Texas, they're two day to top five team, like. You know, and you still hold them to twenty. We weren't really in the game from, a, from because of the offensive issues, but like, you know, we it wasn't like these guys shouldn't even be on the field with them, right? Because like none of these guys could see playing time. You know, it's the, it's the old Bengals things thing I used to say is like back in the lost decade. How many of these guys, if they didn't play for the Bengals, would still be in the NFL? Yeah, it's what. Remember, I don't know if you remember this, but like. Uh, the year before Burrow, um, we, you know, one of the conversations that was had, and I think it was something that Paul Daner originally wrote, like, okay, take a look at the Bengals roster and how many guys do you think are top 10 in the, in the AFC right, at their, at their position? position? Mm-hmm. Right. And the answer was, uh, Huber. Yeah. yeah Joe Mixon. Maybe, like, <laughs> Joe Mixon, maybe like if it's Joe Mixon, he's like, like eight yeah. or nine. <laughs> right like yeah so yeah i don't so the, the same thing is true here how many of these guys are top five at their position in the big 12 yeah at ucf for that to be zero with as much stability and what they had returning what what guys would you say for that team like are are playing at an all-conference type level yeah i mean you, you can't have many if if you're losing games you know if you're Giving up a you know twenty nine straight to a not very good Baylor team at home, right. and then you're going to Kansas with their backup quarterback, who grant you is one of the best backup quarterbacks in the country. I mean, he's played more than sure. more than half the damn starters in the country, uh, but he's still a backup quarterback. Well, he's like their other starter. 
Yeah, at this, at this point he is because like <laughs> I'm just gonna assume Jalen Daniels is out until he's not. Like you can I keep mean, telling me that it's back spasms, but like those do go know. those go away. Uh you're not usually out three weeks in a row with back spasms. Yeah, that's not back spasms. I have back spasms. Yeah. I am I am well versed in back spasms. I, I've had them without the, the help of significant medical professionals, like within five or six days, I'm I'm back to fairly normal. Right. Uh this has been three weeks, and it's not only has it been three weeks. He missed game one with a back injury. Mm-hmm. So I, at this point, I mean, I, I hesitate to call him their starter. I mean, I don't think he is until he can practice. I mean, right. he's not playing this week. And guess what? It don't look like they've missed him all that much. No. I mean, they're they, that's what I'm saying. Like, Jason Bean is a really good backup quarterback. Yeah, starting He's, well, yes. The 1A1B. What is that what, what we used to call it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. He's the 1B. He's the B. He's, yeah. The 1A the 1A minus. Yeah. <laughs> um, but look. Try to tell people like that's that infrastructure down there is not great. And for all the people that were overhyping their recruiting. I've had a glance at the new rankings. Some things are evening themselves out, so to yeah. speak, on well, I mean, I, UCF's recruiting. Yes, yeah. I mean it's a, it's a step up for everybody, and we'll see how how you know how things shake out by the time Thanksgiving hits. I mean, you know, we yeah. still have a long way to go, and definitely not, you know, putting the putting anybody out or, you know, it's, but I think it's a, for, for them particularly, like we had a, I feel like we and the people that listened to us had a pretty realistic, you know, if they, we gave them what we thought was a pretty realistic view. If you wanted to take it somewhere else, that's, that's on you. I think there was a lot of discussion around them as you know they turned it they they it's unfair but it went from who of the new teams is going to likely have the most success early <laughs> who's going to win a game first well no it it tur- it went it morphed from that which is a realist a, a, no, a no issues conversation to have to right. then taking them as the team that most people said and then I think, you know, incorrectly pushing that dialogue to, oh, well, then could they maybe like challenge for a top four spot in the conference? Right. Could, could right. they be a dark? Like it should have just stopped at who is likely to have the best season the year one of the new teams. And it didn't. And I think that got the ball rolling in people's minds. I mean, it, it happens to every fan base. Like if everybody's talking about you nationally as someone that could have a good year, you're just going to get hell. Yeah. That can be us. So like, I don't fault people for thinking that, but I think now that that's not looking to be the case, then maybe you now have a a little deeper um, examination of the entire situation. 
that whole like we're gonna go small and outrun you it don't look great right now not 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 currently it's uh i mean they were they were tiny looking i'm, I'm more surprised at their at their defense yeah i mean that's kind of what i was on defense they look small they don't look they don't I'd look see, like a in that way the, the speed should make up for that if the speed is is significant now maybe it's it's not and i'm not going to pretend to say that i've sat down and watched all their games and and know who's in and who's out and and whatnot but you know for K kansas is a very good offense but even such like that game wasn't close from kickoff and to give up 399 yards on the ground uh would be yeah. quite concerning I, I just I, I don't know. It wasn't I mean, like I they just, it wasn't like they broke a couple eighty yarders in garbage time. No, they just they just dominated them at the point of attack, like throughout. I, just for me, like that's always been kind of the knock when talking about them, like projecting to a higher level, and that didn't change. Like we just kind of like decided that, okay, well maybe not. Or, you know, the, the national narrative decided, ah, that's not going to be that big of a deal. But that that's, you know, that's why they don't have a lot of guys in the NFL. Is because they never really had legitimate, like, size. Like, a couple guys here and there, but it was always undersized, speedy guys mm -hmm. that yeah. they would take chances on that Florida, Florida State, Miami wouldn't. For sure, yeah. So I just I don't know. I mean, I I chuckle at it. Like the thing is, we should have known that it would have been BYU because as an independent, they were playing much more difficult, like consistently difficult schedules. Yeah, and they also have grown ass men. So we should have looked at that and went, oh. And then UCF getting Kansas and Kansas State, which were both picked, I think, in the top five of the league. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the Baylor thing. Woo! I think. I mean, uh, I, I think it's it was very hard to not have some of the Baylor thing affect their game last week. You can you can say that we're you know, burning the tape or, you know, you know, the, the 24 hours to think about it, whether it's a win or a loss, like, uh, sure. But, you know, when you, when you lose a game at home like that, I, I don't know if that's as easy said, you know, as done as said. Yeah. I mean, that is soul crushing. Any any way you try to slice, didn't Gus just get an extension? Yeah, like last week, right? Yeah, Dave. Mm -hmm. It was last week or the week before. Like, yeah, I mean, it's right just week. been it's just been in the within the last week or so. It was yeah. before the bail, right before the Baylor game, right? I I don't know the probably. It's I mean, either right before or right after one of the something two. like that. I don't think it was after. I think it was before. So. And then Houston, uh, 
Is I mean, is is he actually on the hot seat? I mean, if they lose Thursday to his old school that he that he left to go to an AAC program, I, I, he has to be right. I mean, he doesn't have to be because he's buddies with I, I'm the the money I, guy. I I think the this is not my original thought, but tell me. I mean, tell me what your thoughts are here. I mean, the money guy kind of did what he needed to do, right? The money guy got him into the Big 12. Sure. At what point does that then turn to, okay, now we can, like, yes, we're friends, but you are not winning, and I'm I'm now the owner of the Rockets, and this isn't my little pet project as much as it used to be. And if you, you know, if we're going to sit here and continue to say we fire coaches for eight wins, well, you have, you're not even coming close. So I'm not sure how much Tillman is going to care now that the heavy lifting has been done. Yeah, but he's still, I mean, he's still the the big, he's the the big swinging you-know-what on campus still. Yeah, but I mean, Chad, they go, they play West Virginia this week. Texas next week and at Kansas State the week after. Yeah. Like, they very well could lose all three of those games. You know, like, and it could get ugly in in a couple of them. I'm not sure West Virginia's offense is quite positioned to make a game ugly for them. Um, but Texas and at Kansas State could be real ugly. Yeah. Real ugly. I mean, I'm interested to see. I mean, they build. They wanted Texas at home. They wanted them bad, and now they got them. And I'm going to be interested to see how many, uh, how many burnt orange shirts are in that stadium versus red shirts in two weeks. I'm also interested in, in that one to see if Texas just says, "Look, middle finger city." Oh, hundred percent. We're putting we're putting seventy on your little coming ass. off coming off a loss. Yeah. Yeah, they have a bye this week. Like, yeah. I don't think there's going to be any mercy. No, because they're te- Houston has always said that Texas. I mean, because it's Texas, but like, yeah, that they were their biggest bone of contention in trying to get into the uh, Big Twelve. I don't think Texas has ever really hidden it. It was political. They were like, "We're not right. letting you in." Yeah, like we have people in power positions that are going to do what we can to make sure you are on the outside for as long as we can keep you on the outside. So, yeah, I mean, that's when – if you drop those three, I mean, how, how can you not? Then you're two and six. What's the rest of their schedule look like? Uh, at Baylor, UC at home, Oklahoma State at home, at UCF. I mean, I would say there's some winnable games on the back end of their schedule, but I still think they're the worst of all those teams. They're all winnable, and they're all losable. That's the thing. It's yeah. like – they couldn't lose all four of those games. They could win. I don't know if I would consider them if if they're they if they're that having that bad of a year. I'm not sure I could go and say they're all of a sudden going to flip it around and win their last four. But it's not like I mean those would be the teams that they would want to be playing right. if that was going to happen. Yeah, that I think it's a very matter interesting of, case study. 
how bad it gets these over these next three weeks. Yeah, because that's going to result in, like, you know, we've already seen that roster before where guys have just been like, all right, I'm I'm done until next year. Now they're, you know, they're past the four-game mark, so you're not going to have guys just redshirting until next year. But right. we've seen turmoil strike that locker room pretty quickly under mm-hmm. Dana. So that part is going to be that part is going to be interesting. But I mean, ultimately, Dave, I, I think I would say when when taking a look, you know, through six weeks, it's exactly what we thought, exactly what we said. It's a coin flip league. There are very little. Uh, there's very little space separating. You know, we can say what one, two, three, or whatever. Like, are are a, a step above, and maybe the two at the bottom are a step below. But nobody, I don't think, and I don't think Oklahoma's two steps above. No, I don't think Texas is two steps above. Um, but when you have a fourteen-team league with ten teams that are all within a hair of each other. Like you have no idea how the season's going to turn out. And that's exactly, you know, it's like we do that on Sundays when we do, and you guys do it in the morning a little bit when it's just like, yeah, I mean, that wasn't expected, but it doesn't surprise me. Right. Like Iowa state plays really well on like a, you know, night game, big emotional game for their fans and their team. They come out and play really well, or, you know, Oklahoma state finds is picking themselves up, up off the mat. Uh, at home yeah these teams are all really damn close so don't get too high on two games uh but also keep your head on a swivel because you could end up one and four uh and play relatively well right if you don't screw up on the big things you end up losing or if you do screw up on the big things you end up losing um yeah, any other final thoughts on just kind of a, a Big 12 uh, overview? No, I think uh, I think we knocked it out pretty good. This is still, this three-game stretch for Cincinnati tells the tale. I think oh, yeah. Unequivocally. Unequivocally, this three-game stretch tells the tale. Anything yes. less than two and one? There's going to be a lot of soul searching between now and early December for this mm-hmm. group. Because uh, that back end isn't as easy as it potentially might have looked uh, a, a while back. No, no, those last, the last two for sure. So, all right, let's, uh, what are we doing now? Two team ticker, and we'll get into our Iowa State preview. Team ticker is a one of a kind sports sign for Bearcat fans. You can see I've got the C Paul right here. Aaron has the Bearcat. It's a high tech retro display that provides daily updates of the latest news, stats, schedules, uh, much more. No subscription required. If you're looking for the perfect addition to your man cave or a gift for that special Bearcat fan, go to teamticker.com. And pick up your team ticker today. They have also added into the fold Penn State and Michigan State. If you uh, you know any miscreants that follow those teams, 
But and now, oh yeah, the turtle. But, roof. I knew before we do that, <laughs> damn it, turtles brew. This timestamp is brought to you by Turtles Brew. Zero sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free, 6% ABV, bourbon-infused sweet tea. They have cherry lime, raspberry peach, orange, vanilla, uh, lemonade tea, and strawberry mint. There's 50 locations in greater Cincinnati. Visit turtlesbrew.com for more information and locations. A portion of the proceeds go to Save the Sea Turtles. They are in Toledo, Cincinnati, and expanding now in central Ohio once again. Turtlesbrew.com. Go stock up. It'd be good for a uh, Saturday morning tailgate. If that's your thing. So, yeah. Turtlesbrew.com. They'll get you warmed up on what might be a uh, little chilly, a little rainy, a little nasty in the morning. Hopefully, the, the forecast is clearing up a little bit. Uh, let's take a look. No, it's no, getting worse. Getting worse. <laughs> the, all the stuff that was supposed to happen Friday night looks like it's now like moving further into Saturday. I, I'm getting rain showers early with overcast skies later in the day. 10 to 20 mile an hour winds. Chance of rain is only 40% though. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah, I got, yeah, rain, rain all morning between 50 and 30% and Maybe it ends around kickoff, but you know, we'll see. My guess is you can probably cross me off for the tailgate this weekend. Oh no, we'll be it no, no, any guys, we'll be underneath. Not for not for rain reasons. Oh, okay. Uh you realize you have to get there at 7 30 to tailgate, right? No, we don't. Yes, you do. Why? Parade route. Not affected. Okay. We do it every year. It's never it's never been a problem. All right. Well, I can't get into my parking spot until. Oh yeah. See, no, it doesn't. It doesn't go the way we on the back side there. So I either have to be there at seven thirty, which is not happening. Absolutely not happening. <laughs> uh, or I can't get in until ten thirty. So we'll probably be straight into the stadium. Uh, for me, on, yeah. on Saturday. We we did that last year. Oh. I saw a ghost running back there. Oh, yeah. He just threw up a little bit ago. Now he's running yeah. around. That makes sense, right? He feels better. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Whatever whatever was bothering him, it's not bothering him anymore. Now yeah. he feels good. Mm -hmm. Put the foot on the gas. Let's go, Dad. Um. So, yeah, I don't. We did that last year, and we tried to get there a little early and find a way to sneak in. And then, Terry, I, I, I don't know what you want me to do. By the time I'm allowed in the garage, I need to be in the stadium. I, I'm sorry. Talk to the people that schedule homecoming around our birthday every year. <laughs> How about we do the birthday tailgate next week? Hey, maybe. I don't know. We'll have a I mean, big, big, big crew at the tailgate next week. Right. So maybe that's better. I just know that I'm not going to be able to get into my parking spot until 1030. So maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll send my dad. And if you got any, any birthday presents for me, he'll be oh, my, yeah. uh, he'll be my, <laughs> I'm sure. not you, 
Not you, your mom. I'm sure she would bring me something for my birthday. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I would like to get there early. We always get there early. But if I'm just sitting in a stoplight, cake will be stale by then. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're just sitting in a stop sign, not able to turn into the thing, I don't. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, but let's get to Iowa State, Dave. Um, they had their issues off the field coming into the season. Uh, they were expectedly a team that struggled out of the gate, having to deal with those issues. And um, they seem to have started to figure some things out. Uh, you could tell against Oklahoma, they just didn't like, they didn't do a good job slowing Oklahoma down, staying in front. There yeah. were a bunch of busted plays in that game. Um, but offensively, like they, they hit some big plays. They were able to kind of swing with them the first half, uh, up until what, like the final four minutes, five minutes of the first half, Oklahoma yeah. just hit the gas. And then you know, last week they looked, they looked really good. It feels well, like their young quarterbacks figuring it out and their secondary leads uh, still what is a really good defense. Yeah, I mean I think I think both these teams want to win in the same way. Um, yeah. you know, I think offensively they're still not very good, not very efficient. So you see like but they're better than they were 5 weeks ago. It's kind of Yeah, but that, I mean I'm not sure how much that is saying. Like, their numbers are still not very good. Right. Um, but, I mean, this is a game, if you see, I mean, it's it's very, you know, obvious. But, like, we cannot turn the ball over. They have 10 interceptions. They had four last week. I mean, I don't think TCU is quite as good as people thought. Their starting quarterback got knocked out of the game, and the backup just was not ready to, pull, to be in that type of a situation through four interceptions. Or they did as a team. I don't know what the distribution was between starter and, and backup. Yeah. Um, but like the our defense has to bring it. Like plain and simple. They cannot play like they played against BYU. Even in in granted, they played all right, especially in the vast majority of the first half. But like if you're gonna play a team that's not great offensively, then you have to show that you are that defense that we uh, have hoped and thought that you would be because their defense is going to be good. Like, I think we're going to have more success running the ball than, than throwing it. So we have to be able to take advantage on the third and shorts and have to be able to take advantage in the red zone, you know, or we're just, you know, we're not going to probably score enough points and it's going to be a 24, 21 type football game. Um, you know, from a metric standpoint, just like Two weeks ago against BYU, one spot apart. Iowa State's 45th, UC's 46th. They're 91st offensively and 15th defensively. UC's 70th offensively and 32nd defensively. Um, you know, FPI, FPI, UC's five spots ahead. Sagar and Iowa State's 12 spots ahead. K Ford, UC's one spot ahead. And FEI, which is uh, efficiency, Iowa State's nine spots ahead. So, again, I mean, it's a very even game from those standpoints. Yeah. 
One area that I thought was interesting is there's a stat in it's called BC uh, BCFToys.com. They do a lot of the efficiency stuff. Um, they do available yards, and so like it's a combined available yards for your offense versus versus available yards for your defense, and then you get like an overall ranking. UC's 39th in available yards gain, which means like offensively, if we start a drive at the 20, that means we have 80 available yards. How many right. did we get on that drive? Iowa State's 73rd. So knowing that their defense is pretty good, that tells me their offense has not been it's, it's been big player bust. Like if right. you paid attention, it's been they've been hitting some bigger plays, but they are not sustaining drives. Right. And UC's offense. When you break it down to drive starting at your own 20, your own 40, and what they call opponent 60, but I'll just call it like opponent 40. Right. Uh, UC's top 25 in all of those in the country in available yards. Now, when you get to points per play, right, points per play, or, you know, those things, not so good. But, I mean, that shows you like a little bit of where this offense is and – if they can just figure out the red zone stuff and figure out those one or two times that they can't pick up a third and fourth and short that kill a drive, like they're, you know, if you're top 25 in all of those categories, no matter where you start the drive, you have a pretty darn good offense. Right. So, you know, how, where can they find issues with the Irish? Like, I don't think they're great. I don't think they're creating turnovers because they're putting a ton of pressure on the quarterback. I think they're creating turnovers because their DBs are really, really damn good. And TJ Tampa is probably their best DB is going to be a top 50 ish pick. If I had to guess, he's only got, no, he's one of their corners. He's only got one of their 10 interceptions. I mean, their two safeties have seven interceptions. Yeah. And it was what? Four against uh, TCU. Four, four against TCU. And then they had three in the other conference win, I think. Like seven of those were like that. That's they're winning the turnover battle in games that they win. So if, if you want to beat them, you have to take care of the football. And you have to force turnovers. And we haven't yes. been doing that either. I mean, they don't give up. They only, you know. Rocco Beck, the, the freshman quarterback's only been set twice. He's not really a runner. Um, you know, I think if he has to, he will. But they want to run the ball. Like against TCU, they ran it. Th- they gave their running backs 32 touch, 32 carries. Um, you know, Eli Sanders had 19 for 16 for 99, 6.2 a carry against TCU. Abu Sama is kind of their big playback over his la- over their last two games. 13 carries, 126 yards, and a touchdown. 9.7 a carry. Well, uh, that's a little skewed there. Why? He had one 55-yard touchdown run, like against. Yeah, he's got a 55. He has against a 55-yard. He had, he had six carries for 59 yards. Yeah, yeah, he's got a 55-yard. Th- I'm saying, like, he's their. Bit, their he's there. Yeah, I know. Exp- I know. He's got a 55-yarder and a 39-yarder. So. Um, and then they almost got another, all of its 130 yards are on two runs, two carries, right? Like, he's almost the epitome of boomer bots. Like, but I mean, if he if touches it, but that's a threat. I'm not, I'm not discounting right. it. He's I mean, a that's the perfect thing to have if you're going to play low scoring games. And it's like, hey, 
this guy might get bottled up on four carries, but that fifth one he might take at 60, and that's all that's right. all we need. It's what we've talked about has been missing from the UC offense. Mm-hmm. Part of it. What were your thoughts on that yesterday? <laughs> I mean, I had no problem with it. <laughs> Was he wrong? That's what like, that's that's what I said. It's it's my favorite thing in it's one of my favorite things in sports, Dave. When everybody says, I hate coach speak, I wish coaches would just yeah, be honest. Answer, be honest, tell us what you're really thinking, and then they do. Does. You, oh, oh you my can't god, say I that. can't believe you said that. You can't say that. Oh my god. I mean, I think what did I what did I say on the board? If if you don't want to be called on the carpet, then break some damn tackles. Don't have your if you want to be a home run hitter, and I you everybody knows. I have been trumpeting the praises of Miles Montgomery for a long time. I said I thought he'd rush for a thousand yards this year. Right. If you're going to be the home, why didn't you say that? So there's a bit in this offense with the way Louisville has had running backs. Like I, I've been saying that since this summer that I thought he should be RB one or whatever because of the threat of taking right. it sixty yards. But if you're gonna you're you know 29 carries your longest carry is 16 yards and i know the situations are different but when emory jones ryan montgomery and aaron turner all have longer runs than you you know yeah uh abu sama that we were just talking about he has 38 carries 192 yards uh long of 55 rushing long of 37 receiving he's got a touchdown or long, long of uh, 21 receiving, sorry. But he's hit a couple home runs. Yeah. That's- and that's what I thought this our offense was going to be, a Corey Kiner that is five yards at a time, 10 yards. Like, you know, it's funny. You get into, since we're talking running games, 10-plus yard runs in the conference. You see his fourth with 38. <laughs> I would Iowa State is 12th with 19. Yeah. We have third we have 38 runs have gone for 10 plus yards, but I think only Five, four, maybe? four maybe have gone for 20 plus. Right. So that's what Satterfield was getting at. Like it, it pay attention to the question I asked and the answer to that question. He wasn't making a grandiose statement. He wasn't asked, Sat, tell me about the running backs. He was asked specifically in your career as an offensive, like as an offensive minded head coach, your teams always were at the top of the nation in 40 yards, 40 plus, 50 plus, 60 plus. And this team had two, and they were both Kiner week one and week two. Yeah. At the bye week, what do you do to take a look at that and say, how do we figure out a way to make more of those runs happen? Yeah, and his man, answer he, was, first and foremost, the running backs haven't shown they can do it. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I mean, they have a, a uh, you know, I think if, if they were showing that, I could say very good. But, I mean, 12th roughly 12th in the country over well over 200 yards a game like right no one no one is looking at the running game and being like man 
like we were last, last year, year or even the even 2020 uh you know 2020 was a lot of uh two jerome yards two yards runs. jerome ford 60 yards like right even in 2021 the run game wasn't super efficient right like i think the run game has been has been pretty good they're just not breaking those bigger runs and then that is that is putting them in these situations where they're having these 14 play drives that that look fine but then bottom out because you're just not like you're giving teams too many chances to make a play and get you on to third and long when you're not getting 20 yard chunk plays at a time or to have a false start on first down or a hold on second and seven or like just something that puts you behind the chains right because they're gaining yards 10 and a half 11 yards at a time so first and 15 or second and 16 is killer mm-hmm if you're this offense. Yeah. But it's so like he wasn't complaining about the running game. No. He wasn't complaining about the running backs. Like he was talking specifically well about a any, question I asked about home run hitting. If anybody watched the Louisville Notre Dame game, you saw one of the home run hitter running backs that he had on the team last year, Joar Jordan. What'd he do? Yep. Hit home runs. Yeah, two two touchdown runs. I think so. I didn't I didn't watch any of that. I was busy watching wrestling. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, I know he had a, at least one long run. But you know, kind of getting back to Iowa State, they got two main dudes at receiver, uh, and they're good: Jalen Noel and Jaden Higgins. He's actually an EKU transfer. Um, Noel's more of the chain mover. I mean, he's he's 9.2 a catch, long of 51. Higgins is the over-the-top guy, so that's going to be interesting to watch. You know, have they watched UC film? Are they going to take, you know, take their shots using him? He's averaging 15.6 a catch, has a long of 67. They use the tight ends fairly well. You know, two main tight ends, 22 catches for 216 and two touchdowns. But, you know, I think this comes down to on the road – can you get some pressure, which has been sporadic? I think that's fair to say uh, against a team that has not really given up sacks. Can you uh, can you fluster a freshman quarterback into some turnovers? He has thrown five interceptions. And can you do a good enough job shutting down the run game that is getting better, but it's still not uh, – it's not, it's not great. So, you know, defensively, it's it's stopping the run, limiting the big play, and and trying to to force this quarterback into some into some freshman mistakes, giving him looks that he hasn't seen. You know, this is a, this is a Brian Brown game. Like, if we're going to talk about aggression and we're going to talk about pressure, Brian Brown's got to show this kid some stuff that he has not seen before. What is the genesis of their low sack numbers in your eyes? Is it quick game? Is it is uh, the offensive line is really good for protecting the pass? I, I haven't. I think that like I would have to watch more of their games to to know that. I mean, I think they just want to run the ball a lot and and maybe max protect and 
and try to hit some big plays or quick game. Like I, I don't think there's a lot of in between in their in their pass game. So, you know, I think it's a it's a matter of when they throw, it's either blocked up with extra guys or it comes out really fast. I mean, if you look, it's not like they only threw they only completed one pass to a back. It was Abu Sama for seven yards. Eli Sanders didn't have a catch. Um, Carson Hansen, I guess he's a running back. I don't know. Yeah. He had, he had two catch there. Another catch for 16 yards. So they're not checking down a bunch. It doesn't look like, um, Jalen Noel had seven catches for 34 yards. Right. So maybe they're going quick to their wide receivers a lot. I don't know. Easton Dean had three catches for 11. Those were their two leading receivers against TCU. What did Hig- what did Jalen Higgins have? Like nothing? Uh, Jaden Higgins had one catch for 22 yards. Oh, okay. Interesting. But, yeah. I but, think- but if you look at their top five receivers, long of 11, long of 24, long of 22, long of 19, long of 16. Yeah. So nothing crazy, but then Eli Sanders had a long run of 29. Sama had the 55-yard touchdown. Uh, Contavious Norton had a long of 13. That's eight plays, you know, eight plays, set, or seven plays over 15 yards. And that was about it for their offense. They did almost nothing otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the stat that that jumps out to me specifically in this game is, and these are Big 12 numbers, offensively third down their last in the conference. Yeah, so you can't let them hang around No, by, and, by converting third down. And, you know, UC's fifth in third downs allowed. They're sixth, and there's, like, vi- almost no difference. You know, as yeah. much as we've um, – as much time as we've spent on UC's third down issues, they're sixth in the league. It just seems like the ones they don't get are in the most crucial moments. Right. Well, they, they had the one, the Oklahoma, or was it Oklahoma? Oklahoma was, yeah. But other than that, they haven't been bad on third down. Like you said, it's just been the important ones. Right. And I guess the ones they got would have looked worse if they didn't get them. Those would have also been important. Like, you don't look at the ones they've got as unimportant until you don't get them. Yeah. And, you know, (laughs) talking about their defense, their three leading tacklers are all in the secondary. Plus, you know, they account for seven interceptions. Those three guys account for seven interceptions and 11 pass defense and then passes defense. And TJ Tampa has five past defenses and he's not even in there, you know, he's not even in that group. So, right. You know, they're number one in the conference in yards allowed per attempt. They're number one in the conference in passer rating allowed. So like, I'm not expecting a, a big game from Emory and I'm not even sure that that's necessarily on him. Like they're really good playing pass. Yeah. And he's, he, he just, he can't have the, the turnovers, man. Like, you can't give this in a game that you know is going to be close and probably low scoring. You just can't give a team that doesn't have a very good offense 
extra possessions or short fields to work with. Right. Take the sack and punt the ball. But like I, I hate that a large majority of the time, but like this is a game you can't just be willy-nilly allowing them free opportunities, short field opportunities. Yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, that's where Oklahoma choked them out over the course of the game is they hit some of those chunk plays early that allowed them to hang around. But once Oklahoma decided, like, you're not getting past us, it was three and out, three and out, three and out. Like, that's how the score jumped as fast as it did is Iowa State couldn't do anything with the ball. It wasn't like there was a, a rash of Iowa State turnovers that put Oklahoma in position to score as quick as they did two weeks ago. Um, Ultimately, this is just a team that's not going to hurt themselves, right? They don't turn it over. They don't take sacks, not a lot of penalties. They're not very, they're not good on offense, but they do have like some, some splash potential, but they are 100% going to loop fickle it and and muck it up as much as they can and try to win with their defense. Yeah. And they're going to play a three, three, five. So you know, how much can we not cancel out the DBs, but, like, put them – you know, they're, they're leading tacklers, so they're obviously willing tacklers. But, like, you know, make make them make plays. Make, you know, get to, the, get to the second level. You know, get creative in the run game. Get creative with Aaron Turner and Braden Smith and Evan Prater and all the – like – the, you know, this game is going to be won because we run the ball good enough. We maybe hit a couple big plays on them, and we don't make the the bad turnovers and and you know force some of our own. Like that's been like you know we just aren't you know three interceptions on the year. It's just not you, you can't be a pressure team and be inconsistent against the run or inconsistent in your rushing and only get three interceptions. Right. Well, you're not getting to the quarterback. <laughs> well, yeah. But you're Part also, of it. You're not covering anybody really good either. I mean, they're giving yeah, up. But, you, but you're co- having to cover a lot longer. Yeah, they're giving up. Nobody's, like, it's, it's a bad combination of they're not great in coverage and they're not creating the pressure to hide coverage. Yeah, I mean, giving giving up eight point one yards an attempt is it's not, is, not good, is not good. It's not great. We, we've talked about how teams are not completing that many passes, but the ones they're completing, they're all going for rough, roughly fifteen yards. Well, I think this is what Keegan was getting at. Like Cincinnati struggles to stop the big play. That's like all the Iowa State offense like lives on. They they thrive on that. Uh, because they can't move it five yards at a time. Uh, Cincinnati has turned it over too much. Iowa State uh, loves to take it away. I mean, it, it's when you look at it on paper, he makes a valid point that like some of the things that Cincinnati has struggled with are things that are reasons why, not just things Iowa State is pretty good at, but reasons why Iowa State has won games. Yeah. That's frustrating a little bit, right? For sure. Uh, what do you got in terms of uh, how you think this is going to play out? 
I, mean, I think it'll be, you know, especially if there's some rain involved, it's some, this will probably not be your, uh, this will not challenge, uh, you know, Ole Miss LSU and LSU Missouri <laughs> for the uh, most for aesthetic, aesthetically yeah. pleasing college football games. Um, you know, I, I don't know why, but you know, maybe it's just laws of average. Like, I just don't think we can continually be that bad in the red zone or that bad on third and short. And, um, you know, I would think the team is the majority of the team is about as healthy as you can be coming into a game in the middle of the season. And I think, I think UC finds a way to win, but I mean, it's going to be, I'm going to say like, 24-20, something like that. What's the line? I think we I opened. I saw the line was five and a half. We so. opened at five and a half, I think. Uh, here, let me just tell you real quick. It's moved a little bit, but, I mean, it's still very early in the week. Um, I think I've seen it. Let's see. Draft DraftKings has it. UC minus five over under 45 and then FanDuel. Uh, FanDuel has it at UC minus four and a half over under 44 and a half. So kind of right where I see it. Yeah, that under number is just enough to, Tempt you to take the over. Yeah. It's, 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 it's generally the, <laughs> kind point. Of the point. That's generally the point. <laughs> I get it. Um, I still think I wouldn't be shocked at 20 to 17. Oh, I mean, either in this game, 17, like, 13, like, right. Especially if it, if it's, if it's not great weather, uh, and both teams are just like, well, you know, well, I just look at it like if UC doesn't figure out a way to hit some bigger plays. Against this defense with a that great secondary, right. how many how many times are they going to go twelve plays and score a touchdown? Right, unless they just have success running it five yards at a time. But that's very hard to do against a good defense. That there's. I give agree. Up. I'm but, saying like that's the path to twelve play drives is running it against them because the chances that you're going to, you know, go to third and seven and complete it for nine yards aren't great yeah. against this defense. Right. So I don't know. I don't outside of a shootout, I don't think anything's gonna surprise me. But uh yeah, I mean I, I felt better about this uh prior to them beating TCU 27-14. I, mean, I still <laughs> I still don't look at it. They forced four interceptions, knocked a quarterback out of the game, and still only scored 27 points. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. And that was um, – I did look. Chandler Morris was their starter, right? Yes. Uh, he threw two of the interceptions. Then Josh Hoover, their backup, threw one. He was uh, 11 of 19 for 119 yards and a touchdown with an interception. Um, yeah, and then JP Richardson, who I'm guessing is a skill a wide receiver, uh, threw yeah. a pass and it was intercepted. <laughs> yeah. So don't do, don't do that, 
But Rocco Back was 16 of 28 for 138 yards. Yeah, like if, if Rocco Beck does that again this week and we don't throw four interceptions, I feel pretty good about our chances. <laughs> you know, I mean, like seriously, like. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Uh, what else you want to talk about? You got anything? I guess we'll timestamp that real quick. That is the Turtles Brew timestamp. Zero. Oh, we got it. Well, zero sugar, zero carbs, gluten free, bourbon infused sweet tea. Cherry lime, raspberry peach, orange, vanilla, lemonade tea, and uh, strawberry mint. 50 locations in greater Cincinnati. Visit turtlesbrew.com for more information and locations. A portion of the proceeds go to save the sea turtles. They are in Cincinnati, Toledo, and expanding now in central Ohio. Simone family tailgate. It is, I guess, your birthday tailgate. I guess uh, it is. Apparently, it was supposed to be my birthday tailgate uh, with cake and everything. Um, if Carrie, maybe your aunt can figure out a way to get me through the parade <laughs> into my garage. She's got that kind of juice, doesn't she? Uh, I don't know. I mean, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> it's, been, probably it's, been, not. it's been a minute since she worked there. I know. I'm just, you know, I'm trying not to make your mom mad. Yeah, just, I'm not showing up. The garage. I, mean, I, I could pick you up. You it. could put your car somewhere. I could pick you up somewhere. You could have some. You could have Keegan after the game take you to your car, and then you wouldn't have to worry about it. I still have my dad with me. Like yeah. it's, it's a hassle. I, yeah, I'm just I'm thinking, trying to think of ideas for you. Yeah, uh, and just randomly park my so car somewhere in Clifton. I'm Dude, gonna... park it in my aunt's house downtown. <laughs> well, that's what we do. Yeah. I don't know. We'll figure out something, but odds aren't great for the Simone family tailgate this week. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Hey. Uh, nude game always makes the over/under tough. Uh, what's your? You're going out to dinner Friday night for your birthday. You might. You might not be uh, firing on all cylinders in the morning. Yeah. Oh, no, hey. It might be a, lo a lower number. I got I gotta bring it for the team, man. You know, they they need they need all the all the juice. <laughs> what what we'll go jello shots and beers collective nine and a half. Oh well wait, wait oh. well, nine and a half. I mean you do seven jello shots. I mean I don't even yeah, I don't even have to try to get to that number. All right, twelve and a half. Um, that's, that's, uh, that one seems more reasonable. I don't know. I still think, <laughs> I still think we can go over, but, uh, that's a lot of alcohol by noon, Dave. There's no, no kid at the house Friday. So, uh, you know, I don't have to worry yeah. about him, him waking me up at five 30 in the morning on Saturday. So <laughs> that'll, that might help a little bit. Daddy, 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 daddy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to get to this week? No. Uh, the hoop. The Hoopers went to Chicago. They did. This is a West thing. They've done Indy. They've done Columbus. I think they did Chicago this year. It's just kind of a retreat, a nice little getaway. Um, I think uh, maybe we'll have some information. Sunday, Monday, about a super secret scrimmage. 
Oh, one of those. I believe the first one of those is Sunday. Very secret, if we know the date. Uh, against a team that uh, has a very solid protection that they carry around on their back at all times. <laughs> all right. That should be in the ACC that's in the Big Ten, and nobody knows why. <laughs> it's still the one that when that when they come up, I'm like, ACC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Just in my brain through everybody else but Maryland. Maryland, I'm still like, no, they're in the ACC. Yeah, it, w- it would seem to make more sense that way. Uh, Even yeah. Rutgers, I've just gotten used to. Like, they're a Big Ten team now. I'm telling you. And Maryland, I, I have not gotten over. Like, I, I – my brain my brain has not accepted that. No, it's, it's still weird. I agree. <laughs> uh, no, not nothing else. The, uh, the men's golf team bounced back today. They were at a cool event down in, uh, down in Texas. They do a Big 12 match play event. Yeah, uh, and uh, won, a, a top seven finish. Won both their their matches today against uh, Texas Tech and TCU, I think, or Kansas State. Kansas State, I think, both of those teams made it to the NCAA tournament last year. So you know they're off to Florida this weekend for what I believe is their final uh, event of the fall season. So. Um, you know, they uh, you know, we'll see. Well, what they they had Texas in the first game of the first match. It was very it's very strange. Like I was trying to figure it out because there's 14 teams, so they were do like they were. It was almost like they seeded it as it like the second round of the NCAA tournament because UC was the nine seed and played Texas, which was the one seed, but yeah. then you had like. The 14 seed playing the five seed or whatever. I'm like, why is Texas not playing the 14 seed? Because they seeded it like a 16 team. Yeah, so it was, and, it was and gave buys to fill the gaps. It was it was strange that like the not the worst team seed wise was playing Texas. So uh, yeah, kind of you know whatever luck of the draw, however it goes. Outside I mean, of Texas, they did really well though, right? Uh, they they lost both matches yesterday. They pl- played played pretty pretty well, but kind of you know one of them they kind of got out to a big lead and ran out of juice. Um, but they've got I mean they've got still a, a pretty young team, and I think um, you know I don't I don't want to say anything like one of their main because I don't know, but like one of their main guys from last year's team. Is not playing very well at all, and I just don't know if that's injury related or you know I haven't had a chance to ask Doug. But like sometimes in golf, you just struggle. For yeah, I mean, he you know Ty, Ty is definitely someone that you know I was I was looking at to be you know one of their top one or two guys, three top three guys this year, and just has not did not play well this this fall. <laughs> Shit happens. Yeah. Um. I think we'll. Uh, I think we're gonna have a little bit more uh, women's team coverage, uh, or at least a, a somewhat of an increase uh, with this new staff. Um, hopefully, they win. 
Like that's you know I, I've had. Seems like I mean I saw I saw the tweet. You know, ticket sales have gone gone quite well. So yeah, hope hopefully they uh you know put some early put some early wins on the board and help uh, help build some momentum. The, the the good news is I think they have a complete understanding of that's what this is about. Like the reason that this program has not taken off is because they haven't consistently been able to produce a winner. And I, I think there's enough women's basketball support in this area. Like there's a lot of really good women's players that come out of the high school ranks. There's good programs in the area. Like if you win games, you're going to be able to garner support and ingratiate yourself into the community and become kind of a thing. Guess what? Until Jeff Walls got to Louisville, it wasn't like Louisville women's basketball was like a thing. And now they're putting 13,000 fans in the um center. Why? Yeah. Because they win at a consistently elite level every year. And people want to come watch and play. So I, I was there for a little bit Tuesday. The pace was encouraging. There was very little, you know, walking it up the floor and trying to slowly get into methodical sets. It was get the ball and go. I will say, did you happen to see the tweet about Biggie McLean's daughter? Yep. Are you kidding me? She's 12, she's 12 and she's 65. Yes. I mean, my God. I, mean, I know he's a so, huge, huge dude. So, like, so is the, well, mom. The, mom, the mom was a center and it's like six, 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 seven, something in that range. 12? So she's 12. Yeah. So who, who the fuck guards her in high school games? <laughs> Dave, she's playing middle what? school games. Well, I mean, some places they I, know they can, they can move know. them up to high school. I know, so. but I'm saying. Like it's like me walking into one of Kelsey's games and seeing a girl that's like six three in eighth grade, like outside hitting, like like she belongs in the fucking Olympics, like yeah. So this is one of my favorite stories. Um, Biggie's daughter is about roughly a year younger than Kelsey, and you know obviously I was really close to to everything back then, and he had his daughter while he was still at UC, so you know we would talk about our, our daughters and, and whatnot, what have you. So I think Kelsey was like three and his daughter was two and two and a half, something along those lines. And they had one of those sunshine strollers. That's just like the pipes. And yeah. then like the, 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 the cloth, beach, the beach, the beach stroller. Yeah. Yeah. She was like two and a half, three years old and her arms and legs, like, it was like an adult was trying was like to sit hanging out the sides. Like you know, she like you can tell she's just like, what, what am I supposed to do? Like, there's no chance they I can fit in this thing. And she was like two and a half, maybe younger. She might have been a year and a half. I don't know, but she's always been a like just long and like like it, it didn't shock me. Well, there was a picture of her last year she came to a game. And, like, she had pictures with the team. And most of the girls were, like, middle of her chest to her shoulder. <laughs> and I'm like, those are 20-year-old college athletes, and that is an 11-year-old girl. <laughs> and oh. she is six inches taller than all of them. If she ends up being being a good player, like, 
She can go wherever she wants. From everything I've heard, like she's she's coordinated, like she's not, you know, the things that you normally have to worry about. Like she, you know, and she had a mom and dad that both both play basketball. So like she's had basketball in her life. Yeah. Uh since she was born. So I would expect that's gonna be one to to keep an eye on. She's over here in my I like I'm gonna have to check out the girls scene now in Kentucky they can play up they can play yeah in high school I would imagine she will be yeah that's how uh, Travis Perry uh I think he averaged like like 14 points a game as a seventh grader <laughs> so uh I, Jada, I, needed, I needed to go to high school in Kentucky for what no, just because, like, if seventh graders could play up, then I might have been, like, halfway decent. Against the seventh graders because yes. the other seventh graders moved up? Yeah. Okay. I thought yes. you were saying you could have played up. No, no, absolutely not. Grader. No. <laughs> no, no. It's one of the things that, like, that hurt Kelsey's team is their, the girl who would have been their best player uh, played up as, a, you know, as an eighth grader. So to me, that makes no sense. Like, if you're good enough to play varsity, then sure. But like, what's the point in moving you up, like, in in junior high? She played freshman as an eighth grader. Yeah, I mean, but Matt Matt asked about getting Coach Martin back on the pod in the winter, and we you know we have a great relationship with him. So I'm sure if there's a time, you know, where there's like a kind of a, a dead period in basketball season if there's like a week off or something uh around the holidays i'm sure doug would be willing to to jump back on with us you you might be on your own for a week around the holidays he's uh he's an excellent interview so i'm, I'm more than happy to talk to him i think i'm going to take a holiday break vacation dave oh yeah yeah where are you gonna go i don't know i've never done a cruise oh. so I'm not well, big on it. I don't love the idea, but to go on a then why are you going to do it? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really I'm gonna, into this, but let me spend a couple thousand dollars on it. I'm in an experience phase of life, Dave. Like, just, I'm going to experience some things. I'll send her and, to like your dad right, and it, like just, go to hedonism or something. You want an experience? <laughs> I've been there twice, so. <laughs> <laughs> on a cruise, I figure I can just tell her, like, don't fall off, and I'll see you back at the room at 10. Yeah, well, I don't know. Some of the, <laughs> some of the, uh, the island trips, I don't know if you want to do that. Well, not, no. I would <laughs> accompany her if we got <laughs> off the boat. But on the boat, <laughs> I don't know. We've been trying to figure out a vacation for, like, three weeks, and we haven't settled on anything. A cruise was just the next like thing that we're checking out. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm desperately waiting for five years to pass so I can start going back to Jamaica and the Bahamas and whatever, just solo, solo, yeah. solo. Mm-hmm. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Taking a 13 year old with you. Nah. Probably, probably not great. Nah. <laughs> probably not. Oh, we hit on Kansas. I don't think we need to say too much more about that. I don't think. Nah. Um, anything else out in the the college football world you want to you want to get to? 
No, I don't. I mean, I don't think so. I saw Dion was complaining about ten o'clock uh, Eastern kicks. I'm like, well, you're joining the Big Twelve, so guess what, buddy? I hate to break it to you, but uh, I think you're gonna be getting some of those as long as you stay in Colorado. You know, being one of the most for, furthest West teams, just like we're probably going to be getting a lot of noon games, they're probably going to be getting a lot of uh, 10 o'clock games on ESPN yeah. and Fox. So, what, What's he complaining about? That, that kids aren't like... I, I don't kids... know. I, I didn't read the... I saw a tweet. I didn't have... I have not had a lot of time to, to read a lot of things that aren't, you know, right. specific to this... Uh, to this podcast and, and things on Twitter that I need to see, uh, you know, to get out to the fans. But, uh, right. So, but no, I, so I don't know what he was, uh, not happy about. There you go, Dave. Hardline college sports has Cincinnati versus Colorado and in the independence bowl. Well, we got to start winning some games before I'm, re- I'm ready to start talking about possible bowl matchups. So do they. <laughs> well, they. I mean, I think they they have some games that they should win coming up, and probably feel a little bit better about, you know, their team. Which ones? I don't know what their schedule Down is. Stanford. They, they've already got they, they, what four, three or four wins, which is more than we thought they were going to have. I, but just looking at that league, like that, that's not. That's probably the best league in the country right now, isn't it? Um, top to bottom, yeah, I I think so because you know Washington and Oregon are really good. I think USC has a great offense. I'm not sure their defense is going to carry them through some of these games. Yeah. And then you've got Oregon State, UCLA, Utah, and Washington State are all ranked. Yeah, I mean Colorado's four and two, and still gets to play Stanford and Arizona, and then their other ones are UCLA, Oregon State, Washington State, and Utah. So yeah, I mean they're going to be right on that, you know. But they're good enough to knock off one of those, to knock off a UCLA, a Washington sure. State, you know. So, you know, I think they Kelly, they cut- Kelly running one of the most dominant defenses in the country. About that. Dude, I, I had Washington State plus three and a half. They had one touchdown. It was like a 90-yard interception return. Yeah. They didn't do shit on offense. That UCLA defense, I was like with that. I saw their numbers Sunday in one of the like the recap shows. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's moving the ball on them at all. No, there's some there's some fun games this weekend, too. It's not like uh Big time blockbustery type crazy weekend, but you know Ohio State at Purdue. Purdue always gives them a hard time at home. They're they're terrible though. Yeah, but I mean they've been terrible all the years that they've beaten them too. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> and that's not a good Ohio State offense. So for some reason, yeah. Ryan Day has not figured out to throw the ball to eighteen. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty does, happy. Does he need? Does Marvin Harrison Jr. need to go in a press conference and say I'm always fucking open? Yeah, maybe. I'm I'm pretty happy that you see games at noon because I really want to watch this Oregon Washington game at three thirty. 
Yeah. Uh, that's a big time game. And then uh, I would say Miami, North Carolina would be a big game, except Miami did like one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life uh, last Saturday. Well, I shouldn't say seen. I woke up to. Uh, yeah, and then U- USC Notre Dame, and then eight o'clock UCLA Oregon State is a fun game. So yeah, there's could be a rough could be a rough re- weekend for our boy Free. Yeah, there's three or four like it's not a loaded slate, but there's three or four really nice games. Can the Notre Dame offense score enough to keep up with USC? Well, USC's defense stinks. And I think this I will cer- certainly be the best defense that they've played. Yeah. But but probably not. Their offense was inept against Louisville. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, probably not. I mean, as bad as USC's defense is, Notre Dame's bad, if Notre Dame's bad offense scores 28, I still don't think that that's going to be near enough. No. 35, 42. Like, yeah. USC's going to score that many points. It's at Notre. It's at Notre Dame now, so yeah. Yeah. And they're going to have a bad taste in their mouth. Yeah. What's uh, Connor wants to know? What our thoughts on the possibility of Gonzaga? Um, Connor, Connor, are are you familiar with my now response to all things conference realignment? Sure. Why not? (laughs) <laughs> like that's my not, none of it makes any sense i'm i whatever like yeah i don't i'm i'm like not a huge fan of it but this is clearly something that brett Yormark wants i think there's a lot more pushback than maybe people realize like i saw somewhere like this could be figured out in one to two weeks i find that very hard to believe i don't think they have the votes to make it happen right now I think if your mark brings Gonzaga and says, "Let's do this," he'll have the votes. I mean, I think there's, but they're still working out stuff for the new, new Pac-12 team. Yeah, but the rest of that tweet was that Gonzaga might be willing to pull a SMU. Sure, I mean they're going to have to be. They're not going. I mean, well, but in that, like, they they took SMU took nothing. Yeah, We, we have our own money. We're good. Like, if you bring in Gonzaga, they, they're not taking any money for, like, a considerable window. I'm not sure okay. Gonzaga's booster base is quite outfitted the same way as SMU's is. There's not significant oil money in Seattle? No, I don't believe Spokane. there is. No. Huh. That, the fishing economy doesn't, uh, doesn't create billionaires all over the city? Yeah, I don't think salmon farming quite hits the same as uh, oil. Get natural gas and whatever. <laughs> Just tossing salmon at the the market. Uh, well, I mean, Connor. The the interesting thing would be like they wouldn't get a football cut. Obviously, no. That would, they'd have to place a value on the basketball cut, and, and then, then other and then, and then drop that down another whatever percent. So, but the thing is, if you're Gonzaga, they're only getting what couple hundred thousand dollars at most yeah i mean it's more about just general exposure for them sure yes they would get more money but like it's not 
having like four games a year on ESPN and all of them starting at 11 o'clock, you know, conference games and them starting at 11 o'clock at night or something. Yeah. Um, but it's I don't getting care. Kansas at nine o'clock on a big Monday. But I don't care about any of that because like we're not getting any of that money. So like I don't give a rip what percentage they they take right. or don't take. Like I just I think the conference is fine the way it is. Like no one's gonna say, oh, now that they've added Gonzaga, they are definitely the best basketball right. conference. It's like <laughs> they, they kind of have been and they kind of still will and be. There's also no guarantee if Gonzaga moves to something like the Big 12, that they're Gonzaga anymore. Right. No guarantees. Yeah. Uh, what home game at 530 you guys looking forward to the most this year? I don't even know. Texas? Uh, Eastern Washington? <laughs> Merrimack? Howard? Oh, wait. Howard's on the road. Howard's on the road. Uh. Do we play? No, I don't see. I don't even like know the schedule enough to be like this one. Um, so Texas will be fun. Uh, and it's I like, like the first. It's the first home game right. in the Big Twelve. How about that? Like football first home game in the Big Twelve gets Oklahoma. Basketball first home game in the Big Twelve gets Texas. Here are the home games, Dave: Texas, TCU, Oklahoma, UCF. Houston, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, West Virginia. I'll say Kansas I mean, State. Okay. Just because, I mean, you said Texas, so I'll say Kansas State. I mean, you know, obviously West Virginia would be the answer, but um, Bob's recycling habits are hard. Well, you know, he over-recycled. It's hard. It's hard to pick. Recycling. It's hard to pick up all the cans in Pittsburgh and think you're in Columbus. It's hard to drink all the cans in Columbus and think you're in, or Pittsburgh and think you're in Columbus. Right? Are Are we going to the fog? Oh yeah. Yes, oh that's yeah. The, that's the plan. No, well, you know. We'll see. I'm going. I'm oh yeah. Going. Oh no, I'm saying me, me specifically. <laughs> when it, When is that game? Uh, January 22nd, Monday night. Okay. Nine o'clock. January 22nd feels like a, a date that I might be able to make. So we'll see. All right. I mean, we we're shall see. Have to come back on the, tw- it's about a 10 hour drive. And yeah. probably come back on the, the morning of the 20, you know, mid after mid morning on the 23rd, start making our way back. Um, I mean, the, the perfect world scenario would be Bengals Chiefs in Kansas City that Sunday. So then we just go to Kansas City and hang out. Like maybe we don't go to the game or whatever, but hang out and then make our way to Lawrence on Monday. That would not be the AFC championship game, though. No, I that would be round. The division, the division around, yeah. Which they, you know, they might end up there as opposed to a championship. You know, that happens sometimes. Who knows? Yeah. Whew. But I don't. Yeah, we're going to the fog. I'm going to the fog. Karen is going to the fog. Uh, I believe Aaron is joining us. Keegan plans to join us. Where are we Mo getting all these? Where are we getting us. all these tickets from? 
Uh, I'm getting media credentials. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, we can all apply for media credentials. I'm sure we they're all not work gonna, in the media. They're, they're going to give nine guys at Bearcat Journal credentials. Well, Taryn and Mo would be with the radio station. Yeah, true. And then there'd be like five of us. Yeah. And I'm guessing, you know, like there's not the whole city's not going to come. They might. <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah. if, if the Bengals play in Kansas City that Sunday, then everybody would be like, oh, we'll just stick around. Yeah. Go get Cincinnati's first game at Allen Fieldhouse on Big Monday uh, early in the season. That should be great. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. It should be. I, I'm excited. It should be really cool. I, I have not been there. It has been on my bucket list for a long time. So to go out there and get to see UC in that game would would be pretty damn cool. Absolutely. Um. All right. I'm out of stuff to talk about. Me too. You. All right. Then that means let's get out of here. Gotta go see how this kid's doing. All right. He hasn't walked by a little bit. So. No. I'm hoping he's asleep, but I'm betting he's not. <laughs> We'll see you next week. Thanks to the Holy Grail. Thanks to Turtles Brew. Home Field Apparel. Uh, team Ticker. Team tick. There it is. We'll see you next time. That's the BCJ Podcast. Right here on BearcatJournal.com.